Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Jared from Jared and Katie in the Morning on 107.5 KZL. And I am the Katie part of Jared and Katie in the Morning. <laughs> Jason Goodman. And Mankis from Matt. All right. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Thank you so good much. Morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Nah, no question. What's up, man? Kisser. Matt heard your story about kissing men in college. You're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> is that why his name is Man Kisser? Yeah, yeah that's exactly why his name is Man Kisser. Oh, yeah. he did. Oh, Man Kisser Matt has seen naked men. He's kissed <laughs> men. Man Kisser Matt is ridiculous. His <laughs> wife is super, super disappointed in him. <laughs> I was wondering, you know, we, we know a little bit about each other's shows, but I, I, when we send over the names, I'm I'm thinking they're probably like man kisser mad. Yeah. What in the world? <laughs> it's good to be roasted on both sides. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, to your audience, um, uh, we would like to say on behalf of Three Live Crew and 102 Jams, we agree this is monumental, never been done before. Um, again, we have you know uh, stations in our own building and our own cluster that we wouldn't do this with, and we had to reach up to the highest ranks, to the owners of our company and down, regional um, general managers and all types of people just to get clearance on this so i just wanted to just let the audience know how big of a deal this is but we are the three live crew um i am b dot graduate of winston-salem state university roxy i'm a ram too hey here, here and uh i'm drinking so i graduated of north carolina anti-state university Absolutely. And, and we got three Jared, did not graduate. Yeah, I'm Jared. Uh, did not graduate UNCG. I'm still a senior. I'm the only uh, non-college graduate from both shows. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So there. How's so that feel? Feels good. All right. So we want to get off. We want to start off. It's obviously a serious thing, but we also want to be open and honest about feelings. We're not sure where this is go. There's nothing scripted. There's been no questions given back and forth. We just agreed to sit down with three live crew on 102 Jams and have an open and honest discussion. First of all, just so you know from our perspective, Jared and Katie in the morning, as we've been talking about this since George Floyd was murdered, first of all, we all agree, murdered in cold blood before our very eyes. Disgusting behavior. Uh, The cops was arrested. The other cops should be arrested in our our vantage point. From that, we saw protests. We're 100% behind the peaceful protest. We would lock arms with anyone against any sort of police brutality, or any sort of senseless death. Separate from that, our view, for the most part, is that the rioting and looting is separate from the peaceful protest. And like George Floyd's brother has said, don't do that. It's ruining his name. George Floyd was a peaceful man. He was a good man. They're a spiritual man. Do not do that. So we want to get your thoughts, three live crew on 102 Jams, George Floyd murder, protest, rioting, looting. What is your perspective 
um, see if it's similar or different from ours. I think it's extremely similar in the idea that it was cold blood murder. Um, first degree murder as far as I'm concerned it was heinous um, it shouldn't have taken as much time as it did for the officer to be arrested um, and it shouldn't t- have taken as long as it has for the other three art, um, officers to be arrested as well what we want to see um, from the black perspective in this regard is we would like to see four convictions and four sentences period um, due to the um, the the um, reports of how he died from the the, um, the 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 knee to the neck, the officers on his back that restricted his breathing and his lung capacity could take so much oxygen. All of those officers are accomplices to that murder. From that, we are 100% in agreement that the peaceful protests are very necessary. They are very important. They um they work to an extent. I think there may be a little bit of disagreement or a little disagreement in regards to the weight and the effectiveness of the rioting and the looting. Are those um, acts um, illegal? Absolutely. Are they, are they positive acts of protesting? Absolutely not. Are they necessary? Absolutely. Because the reality is, it's as simple, Jerry, as when you're in school, when you're growing up and your parents are teaching you about bullies and you get punched in the face every day when you go to school, every day you go to school, a bully punches you in the face mm-hmm. and takes your lunch and takes your lunch money every single day. Monday, punch you in the face, take your lunch money. And all you do to this bully is say, please, bully. I'm a person, too. Don't hurt me. And the next day, the bully punches you and takes your money. You say, don't do that, bully. I'm a person. Wednesday punches you and takes your money. At what point is that bully going to say, okay, I'm going to stop punching you, and now I'm going to give you equal rights that I have? Anything you know, that's ever going to happen? I can see, no, I, I can, the analogy makes sense. The only difference is the people, from my perspective and our perspective, and Katie's and Jason's, I want to get in Mancus or Matt, their perspectives as well, is that Absolutely. there's innocent people that aren't the bullies. There's innocent shop holders in downtown Greensboro, and we're not equating. We can. I think one of the problems that we've seen on social media and, and different things is that you're either for you, if you're, you're equating looting with murder and that damaging property is the same as damaging or killing somebody. We're not saying that. Obviously, a human life is more important, but both things can be important just at different levels. And there's innocent. We just talked to a, a, a store owner down here who spent his whole life putting money into his store, had to go through coronavirus, just opened up. And then had people loot his store and destroyed it. And he may go out of business, um, not have any money for his family. He's innocent. He's not a bully. He's a he's collateral damage in something where I do understand frustration. I don't. That's where the looting part I don't get. Now, if it's direct fighting back to someone who is bullying you, that's different to me. And, and as a matter of fact, given your your um, analogy on this program. You guys have 100%, I'm talking to my co-host here, you guys have absolutely said, if my son or my daughter comes home and is bullied every single day, yes. I'm telling them to go in and punch that person mm-hmm. directly in the face. Right. So we're, I'm on board with, with that analogy 100%. Right. I, I do understand that. And then the analogy is that, we're like Jared said, we're equating it to the bully, and there are other surrounding circumstances that could be done. I mean, whether that's telling the authorities of the school, hey, this kid is bullying and there may be some kind of measure to prevent the bullying from happening in the first place. Plus, if that bully had a friend that was sticking up for you, right? 
He might tell uh-huh. that friend, hey, back off. Back off a little bit. Well, that store owner downtown, he might be supportive of the movement. Right. He might be supportive of... Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And over the protests. But not the support of why should that guy who's sticking up for the Black Lives Matter movement, his stuff be destroyed. That's kind of where our perception can is. I, can, I, can, can I jump in right yeah. quick? And let, let me tell you one message that's coming out of this whole movement is silence is violence. Guess what? None of these owners who are claiming now that they're standing up to the bullies with us, they didn't let it know before all of this happened. You understand what I'm saying? So... I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but collateral damage that happens in war. And right now, the people are are waging war on racism. Let me ask this so, question. I'm sorry, Drake. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just wanted to ask this question. I, I heard you when you say, you know, if the bully is bullying you, go to the authorities at the school and maybe they can assist. What if the authorities are the bully? No, that's a great question. And by the way, we're talking to three live crew, 102 Jams, historic uh meeting of two morning shows from two totally different companies and competing morning shows honestly so we appreciate you guys being uh, available to talk to us yeah if there there is a difficult circumstance i'd have a problem with taking out frustration and violence on innocent people no i agree but i just want you to i just want you to focus on that question for a second jerry and if anybody on your show has an answer to that yeah. that wasn't rhetorical in the idea that if the authorities that you like when when i gave you my analogy you said go to the authorities at the school if the authorities are the one that's the bully in our situation mm-hmm. the cops are the bully so from that yes we're going to hit back but who, who are we supposed to hit back you see them throwing tear gas and you see them going back at the police at the protest mm-hmm. and what are the police doing they're going they're, they're meeting the force and even adding more force on top of it they're shooting canisters on people's doorsteps they're macing people in the face they're doing everything except sicking the dogs on people at this point but there are good police as well like the, the police have no question down and so absolutely you know there there are there are a lot of people and even officers that are on this side and think it's a total disgrace. What's wrong? I got it. It's on. Oh, sorry. We sorry just about that. Air. Yeah, I'm sorry. No problem. He's telling us no we were off the air. Okay. So, it, you know, there, there's people that have knelt down. There's even National Guard that have knelt down. And there are a, a lot of, of who we're, we're stereotyping all the police by saying, in our, in my perspective, and this might even be different with my co- co-host, we're stereotyping all the police by saying that is they're all bad. When there's also a lot of police that do help the community and do help black people, and there's a lot of police that are even for the movement of protesting as well, and think that this was the disgrace that happened and disgraces that have happened throughout the history of America against African American people and the abuse of power. Okay, let no, me jump nobody's right saying all that. police are bad. No, we're no, not. Nobody's but, saying that. Um, but but uh, policing in America is broken. Yes. And disproportionately so against black people. Do you all agree with that? Wait, 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 drink, wait, drink, wait, drink. Jared and Jared and Katie mm-hmm. and your morning show. Again, just like Jared just said, um, we're speaking with Jared and Katie from Jared and Katie in the morning. Um, and I just want to ask you all, do you all agree with that with that statement that Roxy just made? Well, I mean I think there's abuse of power for sure. There are studies that that will say percentage-wise there are definitely more African Americans are arrested than there are, are studies and these are studies and sometimes and this is the concern that we have sometimes I think as white people you bring up f- studies or facts people say that's racist. I'm telling you the number one thing for white people in my experience is we don't want to be labeled as racist. 
And so we're worried, and we might not even tell the truth sometimes because we're worried that, or our version of, or our perspective, because we're worried that we'll be labeled as a racist. Everyone on our show has been called racist this week just because we were talking, because we said looting was bad. Every single member, and we're like, really? You don't know us. We're, and then, then if you try to, to explain how you're not racist, it makes you sound racist. Even more, yeah. Because yeah. you try to, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm friends with B-Dot. And they're like, well, what does <laughs> yeah, that mean? Right. <laughs> 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 it sounds even worse. It starts sounding right. crazy. Right. So, yes, yeah. I, do, I, I do think that, the, but, you know, we do see these studies that's alarming that a black man is more likely to die at the hands of a black or Hispanic police officer. And that's a shocking, uncomfortable thing to read. And there might be some reasons for that. It might be that you're more likely to be a police officer where you live and you might, and unfortunately in this country, it seems like, you know, there's white neighborhoods, there's black neighborhoods, there's Hispanic neighborhoods, there's Italian neighborhoods. I mean, there's, there's, you know, I would like to think that we wouldn't do that, but that does happen. So a police officer might be more likely to be in a, a wider area. Uh, a Hispanic or black police officer might be more likely to be in his own neighborhood that could be blacker. So when I read that stat, I was like, first of all, what does that mean? How can we don't ever hear that? But if I say it, does that mean I'm racist or am I just reporting a study that I didn't even do? Like Harvard did the study. I don't know. And at the same time, to your point, you know, we don't know what it's like to live the life that you live as an African-American. No, we don't. So some of it may be hard for us to understand because we don't get the um, the what's the word I'm looking for? The discrimination, maybe right. about. Um, you know, some of the studies like, well, you got to watch out if you're in a passenger in a car and you're going down the street at two o'clock in the morning, there's a good chance the cop's going to pull you over just because you're black. We don't worry about that because that's not typical. Now, we might worry about if we're doing something we shouldn't be doing, but we don't have yeah. the same fear and worries about that. But I want to echo Jared. And um, the reason why I say that is I, I already have problems with what I say sometimes is not coming across um, PC. Or coherent, right. but that's a different fact. I thought that's the word you were looking for. <laughs> and, trying to help. Great word. But I think the big thing I have is the intention. So some things I say doesn't come, don't come across PC, and at the same time, I'm so fearful sometimes of talking, and even now, in a way, of saying the wrong thing to you guys that you're going to think, that's racist that he says that, and my intention's not there. So there's a lot of intention, I think, especially with me and people that I hang out with. Our intention is never to be racist, and maybe sometimes our thinking could be perceived as racist, but our intention is not to be racist, and then we definitely don't want to be labeled as racist. So there's a level of acting, trying to act a little bit differently sometimes because we're afraid to be called racist. And have you experienced that? We're talking to 3 Live Crew, 102 Jams. Uh, we have Dot, Drankins, and Roxy on. We, as... And Katie, Katie's a quarter Hispanic, and so she gets somebody was calling her. I said, got railed yesterday. Somebody said, "Can can somebody please explain to Katie that being a quarter Hispanic does not take away her white privilege?" And I was like, "Excuse, I didn't, I, I didn't ask to be excused from that. I just was saying that I don't feel like we get, we don't progress when all we do is look at the the, the color of someone else's skin, and then we assume that we know what they're thinking and right. we know what their thoughts are, we know what their background is. There is no progress. It, it almost when you sling the insult or your name calling it to me stunts a conversation that is uncomfortable but that needs to be had i roxy real quick i do want to go back to your 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 question about do we think policing is it broken as a whole and i firmly believe that as a whole no 
Are there a lot of problems within policing? 100%. Are there people, are there police officers, a, a select few of police officers, number of police officers, way too many, in my opinion, who are ruining it for everybody, who are ruining yeah. it for yeah. the hardworking police officers who go to work and have a good intention? Are there bad police officers who are not held accountable? Hell yes. Are there bad police officers who have tons of a, a litany of uh, complaints, citations and, yeah. and complaints and things that have gone wrong and, and police officers within the force turn a blind eye and it fuels that behavior? Yes. Those are the things that I think are broken and they need to be fixed. And I don't know how to fix that. But but like I was going to say this a few minutes ago. The reason why Roxy's saying it's broken is mm-hmm. because even though you guys say there are good cops out there and they do good things in the community and that and they may do that and that's good. But how good is that good cop when he knows there are other bad cops on the force, but he's not pushing for them to get off the force? I mean, are you really a good cop? And that's why the and that's why the system is broken, because even though those good cops claim they're so good, they still know that there are other cops there. There are other colleagues that they have that are just bad for the people and they say nothing that's a great agree in our in the black community i'm sorry to cut you off no that's okay in in the black community we have two words that are plaguing our community those two words are stop snitching right in the black community is oh you better not tell on someone even if they're doing illegal things in your neighborhood that could damage your neighborhood ruining your neighborhood you better not snitch and there are certain people that don't want to snitch because they may be fearful of their life and the retaliation that will come from that absolutely so from that perspective everybody needs to start snitching yeah black people need to start snitching cops need to start snitching see we like to live in this imaginary world of desegregation and the reality of it is we are super segregated the desegregation is on the most surface of levels there are tons of places that black people will go that white people will not come to and black people feel comfortable there because jared it was interesting you said a second ago that you you know you didn't want to say certain things because you were worried about your perspective or someone calling you racist right imagine being a black man and have and feeling like you have to code around white people to be accepted when i, I you know what i've never told this story before on air i don't think drunkens roxy if i've told this on three live crew correct me but Okay. When my son was born, I had cornrows. Mm-hmm. I wore baggy clothes. I wore Jordans. And when he was born, I cut my hair. And it's pretty, this, I, I, I don't think I've ever told this story because it's a bit embarrassing. I cut my hair because I knew how a black guy with cornrows, baggy pants, and Jordans walking through the mall or walking in the bank is viewed by a percentage of white people. And I didn't want to carry that negative stigma on my son. I didn't want anyone looking at me saying, oh, he's raising a a rapper. He's raising a, I didn't want anybody to have any negative prejudices about my son. So I cut my hair. That right there, those are the types of things that black people think about when we leave the house. Those are the types of things that black people think about when we're amongst our friends. So when we're all together in our own safe havens, we're comfortable there because we know we aren't being judged on our appearance. We we aren't being judged on the the verbiage we're using. 
right. we're not being judged on our tone the same way i'm sure that white people do the same thing just like you said you want to be able to feel open and not like you have to watch your words and and you don't want to be offensive and be viewed as something that you're not but if you consider yourself an ally we appreciate you being on the front lines when we're out here peacefully protesting and getting those photo ops and showing that there is solidarity but a real ally when you're in your safe haven networks when you're in your areas of segregation amongst your peers and you hear someone say something that's racially insensitive or or has an undertone that is super wrong instead of you acting like that doesn't exist because that isn't you instead of you not wanting to have that conversation because you know it's going to be uncomfortable our allies need to handle that situation then speak for us then in those circles because we can't enter those circles whether it be because of finances whether it be because of race whether it be because of uh, class whatever it is we aren't in those circles so those of us who have or our allies that are in those circles they have to start snitching as well and I'm so glad that you brought that up because I do have a question. Roxy, you and I are in a very unique club by being female in a male-dominated industry. industry. I mean, we are. You and I are. And I'm not going to – I don't want to cause problems on your show, but I'll just use my own self as an example. But sometimes – As the only female, there are moments where I'll have an idea or I'll have a suggestion and then one of the guys won't single, you know, whatever, but they'll say, oh, well, what Katie's trying to say is blah, blah, blah. Or it's like they begin to mansplain for me what it was with my own idea. Does that ever happen to you? No. Oh. <laughs> All right. All that build up. Hey, nothing. I'm, in a, I'm in my own damn club. <laughs> I'm, in my hey, own, I'm in my own club. <laughs> hey, Katie. Yes. If you if you want if, if you want to come if you want to come to a morning show where they don't have to mansplain for you, <laughs> come over to Three Live Crew. Uh, this <laughs> is I why we don't do things like this. I just, I just got a job offer. <laughs> Screw y'all. You're under contract. You're right. I <laughs> no, my, my, okay, fine. All that to be said. Uh, To be your ally, the last thing, I know how frustrating it is as a female to have someone mansplain for you because you're like, I want my own voice to be heard. These are my thoughts. These are my feelings. The last thing I want to do is cause frustration for anyone, any person of color to say, I don't need you to white-splain what I'm trying to say. I don't need you to white-splain my message so that people care. How can I support and be an ally without having to, without overshadowing overshadowing in a way. What I, Katie's trying to say. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. I think no, it's a great question. It's I a great question. Well, I want your voice to be heard, but I want to be there. I want to be strong. I want to be the one that's, that's supporting your message, but it's your message. But we don't want to speak for you. Right. Which we saw, and, and maybe you like, maybe you can explain for us. To add on to what Katie said, I think it's just an awesome question, is we saw um, a black man kneeling in front of police officers during Mm -hmm. a a peaceful protest. Then a white guy stands up and kneels in front of him like, I'll protect you. And to me, I was like, I kind of like it, but I'd rather you be next to him. You're not his savior. You can be his ally. And so where, where is our role? Because we have been called racist just for even giving our opinions on how we think we could even help. Well, what were the opinions you gave? Just well, I mean, out just, of curiosity. I just, oh, man, it's been... It's been oh, a lot. Yeah, but, so I mean, most of it has been 
we're with first of all george floyd murdered 100 percent. horrible right the police officer needs to go to jail and for the rest of his life we were angry and we called it murder right away called yes. it murder but it was almost like when we talked about it, it we weren't angry enough and i thought well well we also we also talked that? about the martin luther king and some of his type of protesting and we also mentioned that you know rioting and looting it's not, not new, new yeah. so, see uh, Part of it is we, I think we get conflicting um, from different conflicting um, ideas, meaning we have some um, African-Americans saying, no, pr- we want to we want to protest. We want to protest peacefully. We don't want to loot and we don't want to riot. And then we have others that say, no, it needs to happen because there has been no change that we have to loot and we have to riot. So then we're like, well, which one is it? And then. We say, well, since that didn't work, we now have to loot and protest. But then we know over the years and years and years that rioting and looting is nothing new, as well as peaceful protesting that maybe Martin Luther King had that was affected. So it's very hard for us. It just seems there's a lot of conflicting information. And maybe that's why we get kind of called the racist, because within the African-American community, you have a lot of different views on it as well. Well, I, I don't think it's anybody's place to tell anybody else how they should protest. Agreed. Like, for example, I'm not 100% with the looting, and I've said this on our show many, many times. However, you will never hear me come out of my mouth and condemn anybody that's doing it because everyone express, expresses their anger and frustrations in different ways. It's not my place to tell them that they're right or wrong. It's not your place to tell them that they're right or wrong. Now, you can express how you feel about what they're doing. Like yesterday, I said I felt for the business owners in downtown Greensboro. She like did. those are small businesses. Mm-hmm. They're not huge corporations. There are Those are small businesses with owners that live in our freaking communities. Why are we harming their stores? Why aren't we more targeted? Why don't we go to those stores where we know they practice discrimination and they're racist and they're not tolerant of all people? And I was on the record saying that. However, I didn't come out of my mouth and try to condemn people and tell them what they should or should not be doing. I definitely agree with the idea of being more strategic with the looting. Drankins, I want you to say it because on, um, again, and this is a three live chopping it up with Jared and Katie in the morning, two powerhouse morning shows in the triad area and just having some very, what I consider, effective dialogue. Right. But Drankins, I've been quoting you on our show all week to that post that you post um, that you put on Instagram regarding the importance of both. Could you please just say that from your perspective and your voice? Cause I think that's super strong. My post just simply said, uh, the peaceful protesters are the people who can go and sit down at the table to have these, you know, these difficult conversations, the rioters and the looters and the looters, they are the muscle, you know, both are needed because as, as history has shown, We've had plenty of people peacefully go to the table and have these discussions, but we've been ignored. So now comes in the muscle. But the history has had the muscle. Let me state something else. Nobody, nobody is condemning the Boston Tea Party. Like people went and they took, they took tea, threw it off the boat. Like, they, like that's a riot. That's looting. That's all that. But in history, we've been taught in school, like, you know, the Boston Tea Party was good. Here we are having injustice and looting and rioting. It's just wrong. We also didn't have social media then. It would have been different. But no, it's a good point. Some people made the distinction, uh, Drankins from 3 Live Crew, 102 Jams, that the Boston Tea Party was a protest. And yes, they took the tea and they dumped it in the, 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 uh, the sea. 
um, dumped it in the water. Um, they're not taking things to enrich themselves. They're not taking. They're not. And when George Floyd's this is where I have a problem with it. George Floyd's own brother is saying, "Don't do this." There we we talked to somebody. Uh, I forget his name. I uh, I apologize. We found out that he was with. He was part of the protest at Woolworths years ago, and he said the original one, the, the original one, one the original the sit four, in. the sit-in, mm-hmm. the sit-in, lots of, lots of courage. He said, "Don't," and that's his opinion. But he says, "Don't do the looting. Don't do it." So maybe we can't agree on and that. The, the 100%. sit-in, the sit-in did. Yeah, you said you said you um you know we got to bring in the muscle, but but for, throughout history there's been rioting. The muscle has been brought in before, and there's been different ways of protesting, and each way may be effective or not effective. But the sit-in was pretty effective, and that was that wasn't a, a way of looting. Although I believe it got violent. Excuse my ignorance on the entire history. Right, I was very Definitely bad at social wrong. studies. But uh-huh. um, you know, th- there has been movements that seem to be effective, whether it's looting, rioting, or peaceful. So it's not like this is new muscle. The muscle has been doing this since I can remember the L.A. riots off it's of a, so, Rodney King. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, I agree with that. And I and, and well, what's the point? Yeah, that's all about that. So, like, what, what you said that to you're say what? That, you're saying that to say what? My my yeah. point is saying that the reason maybe we feel that the looting is unnecessary is because of the innocent stores and the innocent people and the destruction of our own community. And sometimes a lot of it own a minority own stores, which is even more. Uh, it's hard for us to understand. Yeah. I see the the reality in from our. I apologize for cutting you off right there, Jerry. No, you're good. But the 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 thing with us is material things and commodities are well, just material items are just put on such a high level, much higher than the black life. So I understand where y'all are getting with the we're going with the looting. And let's be clear. Are there people that don't give a damn about this whole situation? It's just going in different stores so they can get free shoes and stuff like that. Absolutely. We are not naive to that. We are not naive to that. Let's be clear. However, and we're not with that. We're we're totally against that. However, we feel it is necessary in the idea that white America values items. They value things. They don't appear to value the black life. So from that perspective, we're putting so much time and so much emphasis on the quote unquote looting. But let's not deviate from what is causing the looting. Right. Like, let's not forget that a white officer put his knee on a black man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds while two of his homeboys were on his back and took his life and sat there in a braggadocious stance as he did it. So we're upset. Black people are upset to reference back to 20 minutes ago when we brought up the bully analogy. We're tired of being bullied. We tried to be peaceful. Ask Colin Kaepernick. And then we go this route, and then and we have a blackout Tuesday a couple days ago, and the San Francisco 49ers, either from being tone deaf, ignorant, or trolling, they want to put up their in solidarity with the blackout Tuesday. You weren't even in solidarity when your starting quarterback was doing a peaceful protest, taking a knee after Mike Brown was killed unarmed in the middle of the streets in Ferguson. So we understand why people are saying, oh, the looting. But please, what we ask from your audience is, please do not focus on that. I'm sure you have family members that don't always do the right thing. They don't always communicate their emotions 
effectively or accurately. No, we don't. That's yeah, what's don't. happening. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We all are victims of that. So from that perspective, we just ask that you understand that. Not tolerate it, not accept it, but understand that it's coming from a place of hurt and we are frustrated and we are out of options. We don't know what to do. Because I want to ask you all this, Jared and Katie in the morning from um, 107.5, we're talking to them this morning, and I just want to ask you all, do you agree that white people, the white race, is responsible for slavery and racism in America? Yeah, I would say slavery, yes. yes. I would say currently, I don't know anyone, in, and, I, and maybe this is tone deaf from your perspective. I personally don't know anyone in my life that is racist, that hates any black person, Hispanic person. I don't know any black people personally that I know that hate white people because of the color of skin. But we we but do, the, we but, benefit but from... But do you believe they exist, though? Yes, 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 yes. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We, yeah, we see it. We see it, and it's disgusting. It turns our stomach. I did want to ask, I hope that answers your question, but I did want to ask you the question because we're talking to 102 Jams, and they're a very popular morning show. Uh, we actually share listeners. You know, we have a very diverse audience. We can see the numbers yep. behind the scenes. You guys can too. Hello. And you guys have a, you have a diverse audience as well. Three Live Crew, B. Dot, Drankins, Roxy. We uh, just happen to be not by design uh, white. Katie's quarter Hispanic, so I don't want to just say that. Um, yeah, give her her, give her twenty five percent now. Give her her twenty five percent. My dad, my grandmother, very proud. Okay. We had a listener call in yesterday that said he was a quarter. Uh, African-American, but yeah. he identifies as African-American and then he's had the African-American experience. And that leads to my question. At no point, except for when I served a mission for my church in South Africa, where I was sometimes the first white person that people saw and they'd point at me and say, Malungu, Malungu, which meant white. And they didn't bother me because they were intrigued. It was like exciting for the people in South Africa, some of them that I had met. But uh, up until that point, and even now, until this happened, I don't think about my race at all. I don't think about you don't you don't have to. And that's my question. You don't have Explain to, to us. To. No, and and I agree. I thought about that and I thought, well, there's a big difference there. I don't have to. Explain to us, B dot Drankins Rocky Roxy, what it's like to grow up to live as an African American man or woman. And to have your race right there every single day, first thing you're thinking and about. From maybe from your parents, maybe from other African-Americans saying, you got to be careful about this, you got to be careful about that, and also your experience of, of just being in a country that is majority white. It's tiring. It's tiring. It's uncomfortable. I have a 13-year-old son, and when he was six, we had to discuss Trayvon Martin. Mm. And my daughter is eight, and I've had to explain to her George Floyd. And it doesn't stop. Six and eight. When I was when I was twelve, my mother was explaining to me Rodney King. When my mother was twelve, her mother was explaining to her Emmett Till. Mm. Mm. So from that perspective, that's all we are accustomed to doing is navigating through with our race through the racism, and just hoping, just praying that somebody will understand, hey, guess what? They are people. Hey, guess what? Maybe those 400 years when 
when when the black fathers were being stripped away from the families when the black mothers were being raped mm -hmm. when the children were crying begging to stay with their parents only to be ripped out of their parents hands to be sold to the highest bidder maybe those years of 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 making the darker skinned blacks be in the field and the lighter skinned blacks stay in the house and causing that division within the race and that colorism maybe that 400 years before we said okay now you guys can come to the tables maybe maybe we did get an advantage maybe we did maybe we are a bit privileged the fact and many years after that and many years many, after that many years after that like you got to think like you talk about what, what power is there in riots and why are people rioting to that audience i say when dr king was killed there were riots for six days do you know what came at the end of that and civil rights civil, yeah. absolutely absolutely so there is power in destruction you know the, the phoenix has to rise from the ashes but to answer your question again like it is tiring being black in america there's so many times we feel like we have to code in order to be accepted can you explain yeah, yeah, coding because yeah. that's i mean when white people well when i hear coding i think of something i don't understand with computers or with you know video games Facts. but i hear Facts. code you have to speak in code and i i think i know what it means but i i'm not sure everyone does coding is the idea that if I was talking to Roxy and Drank. I would say, yo, what up, Drank? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Rock, how you feeling over there, my girl? You good? I'm good. However, if we're in a room with affluent or, or, or well-to-do white people, the conversation may go a bit. Roxy, how are you? You feeling well today? I'm good this morning. Thank you. Awesome. Drankins, how about yourself? How was your, how was your evening? Yeah, I'm good. See, see, Drankins, Drankins is 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 man is man kisser man. He's he's gonna say whatever the hell he wants to say in any environment, right? He doesn't care at all. He doesn't do the code. There's no coding. Absolutely not. No coding for him. Only code he uses is for Call of Duty. But but coding and some people. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say this coding. To, like I think coding is a nice way for us to say shucking and jiving. Mm. Uh -huh. yeah, are, are, yeah. are you familiar with shucking yeah. and jiving? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't that, say it. That's don't, what. Yeah, understood. Understood. But that's coding to us. I like see. when we're in a certain area, me cutting my hair when I have my son. That's coding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and you brought up a great point about your families. And do you yeah. all have children? You all are raising. Yes, we, yes. we all we all have we all have black sons. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and we all have children here on this program too. We all have sons. I just I just realized that. And I'm about to have a son wow. in a couple months. Yeah. And it's like, man. Oh, yeah. congrats, my guy. Yeah, I my boy, baby, make it work. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna name him Drankins Junior. But uh, oh, I'm drunk. <laughs> drank. No. Uh, well, how how do I guess as a white mother who is raising a daughter and a son how do i how should i talk about race with my children in a way that is going to be effective because the last thing i want to do is be accused of or in any any actuality raising someone who thinks that they are better than everybody else how can i explain race to them um roxy you want to take this drink I mean, I mean, at its essence, you can you should teach your children to, you know, stand against racism, stand against racism. You know, uh, when, when they when they see wrong, stand, stand against wrong. 
stands for what's right. Um, I will say this, if if you don't recognize your privilege, I don't know how you're going to teach it to your children. Correct. That's one thing about it right now. If, if you guys if, if you guys don't understand and recognize your own privilege, the privilege that it is of being white in America, uh, I'll tell you right now, I have no answer for you because you, 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 you're not going to be able to relay, to relay that to your children because you yourself don't understand your privilege. Like, like myself, I have a 19-year-old son. I tell my son ever since he's been driving, you keep your wallet on your passenger seat, on your passenger seat, or right there by the cup holder so you don't have to reach for nothing. Like, that's a fact. Those are those that, are things that are taught in our houses. That that right. are taught in our that's taught in our houses, you know. But if you don't recognize your white privilege to to understand that you don't have to teach your son that, your daughter that, or whatever, I don't know how you're going to relate. Well, and I uh, that brings me to another point that I want to ask because I saw my own parents and had conver- or didn't have to necessarily have a conversation about race, which I agree with you 100%. I recognize that now, when, especially when I'm raising my own kids. But when you say white privilege, a part of me recoils a little bit. Like, yeah. I don't, when I hear it, I, I absolutely view it as something that's negative. I don't like to be labeled as someone who has white privilege because to me, in my mind, I think that that is some white person who's walking around thinking I'm better than everybody okay. else. I don't. I don't. Right. I don't, I don't let me, think that. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story right quick. And, and this, this, this is a story a, a black female a friend of mine told mm-hmm. me. She has, a, she has a son who dates a white female. Mm-hmm. And they, they have drama from time to time, okay? And they came to her house with the drama one day. So she called the police on them. This black mother called the police on them. Mm-hmm. The police get there and she say, she says it's, uh, it was a uh, Latino officer that came, female that came. And when she got there, she immediately went and talked, it was talked to the white, to the white girl. Now, the black mother said, excuse me, why are you going to talk to her first? I'm the one that called you. Don't you want to know why I called you? Mm. The officer explained. I'm going to, all she said was, I'm going to talk to everybody. And she went and talked to the white woman first. That's privilege. It could anytime, you can call, anytime you can, yeah. you can call the police on someone from, for bird watching right. because your dog is off privilege. of a leash, mm-hmm. that's privilege. Like, and, and, the, and here's the reality. Now, don't get it. Again, let's be clear. My children have privilege. There's a video that I loaded. We have a family YouTube page, Connect the Dots. And in, the, in a video that we loaded for this week, I sat my children down and had them watch a video. And the video was titled, I don't know if you have seen it, um, uh, Jared and Katie, but it says, if you don't know what privilege is, or if someone doesn't know what privilege is, watch this video. Yes, and they're using their hands. Yeah, well, no, not in this one. That, that was the female, I believe. I can't remember the female's name. Okay. Those, but this is a guy, and he has a bunch of, he has like his class out on a football field. He tells them all to stand in line. We're going to race for $100. Yes. Yeah. But I'm going to say some things, and if you meet these qualifications, take two steps forward. If you grew up with two parents in the house, take two steps forward. If you grew up with a father figure, take two steps forward. If you've ever had a tutor, take two steps forward. If you've never had to worry where your next meal came from, take two oh, steps forward. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, while so you all know that at the end you have a huge gap in the in the race. But we all have to still run the same race for this hundred dollars. Now I told my children, even though you have both parents in the house. Even though you have a father figure here, you don't have to worry about your phone being cut off. You don't have to worry about any of that. That makes you more privileged than the next black kid beside you, possibly. However, 
you are still at the back of that line because you're black. That's the conversation that I have to have with my children. Okay. And uh, again, we're talking to three live crew, BDOT, Drankins, Roxy, 102 Jams, historic to have two competing morning shows from two different companies. It's hard to even the same company do it, but two different companies having a conversation because of George Floyd. But also, we want to have a a mending of the minds or a bringing together the minds and perspectives. What Katie said about white privilege, I think sometimes it's used as a way to shut down conversation, meaning you might... It's usually on social media. People rarely say it to your face. Which is a cesspool anyway. Yeah, so it's maybe a different thing. But they'll say, oh, your white privilege is showing, which makes you, then it just shuts down the entire conversation. And then I take it as, I've always said on the air, I'm not discounting people's perspectives. There is wealth privilege for sure in this country. Charles Barkley has said it for years, wealth privilege. You know, he's treated totally different when he made money. There's a wealth privilege. Um so, but I'm not saying there's not advantages or disadvantages to being a certain race. Certainly there are. But when you tell a white person, just from our perspective, a white person, you have white privilege. One, we might not even understand exactly what you mean, except if we take it as negative, like Katie said. But also, I view it as what you've earned, you're minimizing anything that I've earned. Like, I got this job, I knew nobody. And I worked hard. They had to kick me out of the station to get it. Katie worked hundreds of hours to get her job. And then made nothing when I started here. And so then when someone says, well, you have white privilege, then it feels like any accomplishment I have was given to me. And so we can see how maybe we would resent that. Although I do understand yeah. when you explain it from there's different disadvantages that you may face as an African-American. I don't discount that. But I think it's been used as almost not a slur, but as a, um, a negative towards white people. And it shuts down conversation. That's fair. And up until this point, I honestly hadn't even looked at it from that scope. And that's why, again, I think these conversations are important so that we can see each other's side from that vantage point. Like we all have to work our asses off. Everybody on your side work their yep. ass off. And ours is the exact. I'm talking about mirror. Like I was reading you all's bios yesterday and I saw Katie finally decided she wanted to do radio in her fifth year in college. Well, I decided in my sixth in my sixth year, Katie, I was one year past you. You see what I'm saying? Five years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, but it's like, we are a lot more, we have a lot more in common yes. than yes. we even know, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. I was talking to one of my co, um, uh, to one of my peers here in the building. He's a white gentleman who I would consider an ally. And he was talking to me um, and he just started crying because he asked me the same question that Katie asked me and what you asked us. And the question basically is, what do you all say to your children? Mm-hmm. Sadly, the same way I don't think you could advise me on what to say to my children because we're living this is the same answer I have for you. I can't tell you how to raise them to not to not view themselves as better than the same way I'm trying to teach my kids that even though you are a bit more privileged, you are still, you know, behind the eight ball. You still have to do what's right in this world. But the only thing I can say is just try to get your children the same way. I try to get my children. Roxy tries to get her son. Drankin tries to get his children just to love, bro. Yeah. Like the song that we all learned in Sunday school many, many years ago. Jesus loves the little children. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. All the children of the world, all of them, red, yellow, black, white, all precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. And we can try to 
have that love. That's the part. That's the part that I think needs to be broadcast the most. The love, I think, cures. Now, when people don't seem like they're hearing that, that's when we have to bark. That's when we have to bite. But I'm telling you, we come from love. Black people are a harmonious, musical, loving people. We did not create racism. We were enslaved. We are the victims of racism. That's why sometimes you may hear people say, black people can't be racist. It's true. We didn't invent that. That came from white people. Slavery came from white people. And we don't say that to make you feel bad, Katie. But until you can acknowledge, like Drankin said, until you can acknowledge and accept and stand 10 toes down on the fact that you do have privilege based on nothing more than the fact that you're white, then you're doing the whole conversation a disservice. That does not make you a bad person. That does not make you a racist. Because white, because the white race created racism and slavery, that does not make you a racist. But you have to be able to identify that your race started that, because if not, you won't see the systemic racism. You won't see that there isn't a, uh, a Chick-fil-A or uh, um, there isn't a Target on the black side of town. You won't see things like that. Can I, can I ask him this? Can I ask, and this is how systemic it is and how and how far it goes back let me ask you jared in your family did you grow up eating chitlins you know what chitlins are uh, i tried it one time I, it was disgusting mm. chitlins are amazing first of all Dwayne, chitlins are amazing with some hot sauce and onions stuff right there some stuff there. now 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 jared in the black community chitlins were a whole thing i'm, I'm glad we're pushing it out now but it, it was a whole thing in the black just in the yeah. black just generation right. of generation. now you know why because way back in slavery days when the pig was killed you know of course the uh the master and everybody in the house would get all the good part the ribs mm -hmm. i mean the bacon and all of that but the, the leftovers the intestines the whatever that's what we had to eat as slaves and we made that a delicacy mm -hmm. and, 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 yes so 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 that's how deep the, that's how deep the racism is and how, you know, just how deep it is in the black community. You understand what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I mean, I get what you're saying, and I'm, I'm so grateful for your and perspective because we all live differently, I, even amongst other white. I mean, that's another thing when you say white people. I mean, there's millions of white people in this country, and they're all very different. And I think that sometimes, yeah. like, you don't want to be lumped in all black people do this because that sounds stereotypical and racist. All white True. people don't do True. the same thing. We can't agree on anything Correct. in here about anything, and we live totally <laughs> differently. But, yes, I do like hearing your perspective in the history of it that we know some and some of the things we don't know. Um, and I appreciate that. Jason Goodman, you had a question? I do have a question. This is probably an unpopular perspective, and I don't even know if I'm right or not right, but I was I wanted to get the take on this. Well, before we hear it, it's Jason's and Jason's alone, then. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Usually I don't know what, okay. Okay. I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah. Disclosure document. Great, great disclaimer there, Katie. Great job. <laughs> and, and by the way, it's Jared and Katie in the morning, 107.5 KZL, historic meeting and talking live on the air with 102 Jams and their popular morning show, 3 Live Crew, B-Dot, Drankins, and Roxy. Yep. Um, it seems like lately, a, a lot of people, whatever race you're on, it seems like it's, it's getting worse than it's getting better. And when I step back and look at it, is it getting worse or getting better? It was 30 years ago when we didn't have social media and we didn't have cameras. Was the abuse of power worse against african-americans and police officers against african-americans because we didn't see or hear anything else about it now body cams are everywhere phones are everywhere How, do we really know the figures if we're making progress and getting worked because if 
And I, and I don't know this to be true, but when I think about it in that way, I'm thinking, well, we know anytime somebody dies at the hands of a police officer, pretty much because we have cameras everywhere and that's in injustice and whatnot. But 30 years ago, we didn't have that. So how much more was this happening? Well, we say that. I'll, I'll go ahead, Trent. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't that maybe it was happening more. It's just that it's just it was happening like it is now. It was happening then, but you didn't see it. Yeah, you know, you did. You just didn't see it's it at still all. a lot we don't see. Yeah, and it's still a lot. There's still a lot also. we don't see. And understand, like Officer Chauvin did not get arrested because uh, they saw the tape there, right? Officer Chauvin got arrested because we saw the tape the public, out here. The public right. saw the tape. Yeah. Right? That never happens. If, if if we don't see that tape, we don't know how George Floyd died. Mm-hmm. He's just another person who was killed. And then they give us his, uh, his, 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 his report afterwards, and it shows that, oh, he had this in his system, fentanyl. And, like, he had a heart attack. And that goes right up under the rug. Right. Like, so, right. like, yeah, so, like, the reality, like, here's a question that I have for you all, though. Okay. What, what was it about George Floyd? Because I don't think it's getting worse. I think this situation is really tearing down barriers. And I mean, it's evident by this historic conversation between 102 Jams and KZL. But why was what was it about George Floyd's murder? Why didn't Jerry? Why didn't you reach out after, say, Eric Gardner or Philando Castile or even Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor? What was it about the George Floyd um, death or murder that? That, that has everybody so emotionally ready to, to, to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, I, I want to jump in here first and say that for me, it's a very defining, I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired, and I can only imagine how the African-American community must be feeling. I'm disgusted. I was disgusted for every single person that you just named. I was disgusted, and I felt like... We were trying to progress and we were trying to join the movement, so to speak, because I I don't feel the way that we're being portrayed as white people or as bad cops. I don't feel that way. And I feel like with George Floyd, I felt like this has to stop. And what can we do? That's why. I, because if we're not having these conversations and we're not coming to each other to say, what can we do? How can we make this stop? Then I'm not helping. Yeah, and for me, I think it's, for me, it's, I just got your contact information, dot <laughs> three months ago, and then it's been coronavirus, and so, and then also with the other tragic deaths, it was like a ex-police officer, so it was this random, insane situation with uh, Ahmed Aubrey, he's like, well, I'm not even, sh- I'm even confused by the story, except that I know it's mm-hmm. tragic and, and senseless murder. This, see, you know, seeing is seeing, powerful. Yes. Um, and it was clear, George Floyd, I agree with that. George Floyd, had, he was on the ground, he was subdued. He was handcuffed. He was handcuffed, and the smugness on the officer's face, watching someone's life literally go out of their body while he's pleading and asking for his mom. And bleeding from his nose. Right, and asking for his mother and... Katie showed me a picture of George Floyd as a child with his mother. Oh, yeah. And I thought to myself. Were you aware that his mom died two years ago? Yes. 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 And then I put myself. And and we've done this on our show. We don't avoid difficult conversations. We want other perspective, though. We think this time to have other perspective. But to see that happen, 
and to imagine my brother mm-hmm. or my sister or my dad, my children, or a friend that I personally know saying, I can't breathe. I can, stop, please, please. You're, and then people around him begging this officer, you're killing him and nothing to happen. I put myself in this situation, and I think that's when people really start to care is when you make it personal. But I, I, but to, not, I do want to make clear, we cared before, but the yeah. reaching okay. out, I think everything just came together at this time, getting to, you know, meeting you, which is a couple months ago. I've known about you for a long, your show and everyone, but meeting you in person, I felt comfortable asking you. Well, I didn't. I didn't specifically mean you. I mean, I, because we're talking to you, I yeah, asked sure. you. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the reality is, like, when you say this is, like, everybody, there isn't one. Usually, you know, you have like people with, um, well, he shouldn't have been resisting, or um, we don't have the full story. We didn't see the video. Mm-hmm. In this particular situation, anybody with a sane mind can yes. see what happened there. Right. So I understand why this has is having more of an emotional effect on people. But uh, black people. We would like to say to you all who are feeling that way, welcome to the party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when, when, when Eric Garner was killed for selling, selling cigarettes, we felt as outraged as you feel about George Lloyd. When Alton Sterling was killed for selling CDs, we felt the same way you feel about George um, Floyd. When Philando Castile was killed with his girlfriend and his four-year-old daughter in the backseat of a police car, we felt as outraged as you feel about George Floyd. When Trayvon Martin was coming back from the store, going back to his dad's house with some Skittles and of sweet tea we felt then we felt then how you feel now about george floyd so that's why we have so many years of pent-up aggression Mm -hmm. and just anger surrounding this so when you see people lashing out this isn't an isolated incident this isn't why are they going this hard for george floyd the entire country is going crazy right now because the entire country knows that hey remember in ferguson what happened to those cops even right here in greensboro north carolina Marcus Smith, hogtied two years years ago ago by the Greensboro Police Department. We still don't know what happened to those police. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And and would you agree, though, that sometimes there are mitigating circumstances that not every case is a George Floyd case? Um, I think every case is a George Floyd case in the idea that they're unarmed, Jared. And they're killed by people who swear oaths to to protect us. They're they're killed by people who who take classes on how to use their weapon and discharge their weapon and and for you to use your weapon in close proximity mm-hmm. uh, against somebody because you think they're you're having a lapse of judgment. You think he was reaching for his thirty eight in his pocket. You thought he was reaching for something and he was going for his wallet. For you to not have enough sense and for you not to be sensical enough as a police officer to operate with enough tact to not take lives of people who are unarmed yes oh he only had a split second decision to make this i was fortunate enough to be a cop for a day Mm -hmm. in greensboro Mm -hmm. and i went through different simulations in that time and i would tell anybody that is listening if you ever get the opportunity to ride with a police officer or do anything like that please do it and it's very simple just call down to the police officer and they'll schedule it for you they'll schedule a tour but i was able to be a police officer for a day i even got hit with the taser uh man kiss and matt you should try Mm. to do that it's Mm. it's freaking ridiculous Uh. he has he has comorbidities comorbidities we'll send our i think it's too big (laughs) but i was as a cop for a day i went through different simulations Mm -hmm. and they showed me just how much time officers don't have to make decisions that will impact them forever 
I'm not saying it's easy to be a police officer. It's very difficult. Should they get more training in certain aspects? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, if you are a police officer, you swore an oath to protect and serve your community, not disproportionately kill black men who have no weapons in said communities. And not hand out death sentences for small crimes. Facts. I mean, the George Floyd, we're talking about $20 right. in counterfeit money. Like, really? Right. Yeah. And, and, and then, honestly, we don't have, you know, luxury of all of us of knowing everything that goes on um, when there are. And, and it's another concern we brought up earlier is that if we say certain things or equate certain things, they could be somehow racist. When there is a white person who dies at the hands of a black officer, which does happen, there's nothing. There's no outrage. When there's a Hispanic person who dies at the hands of a white Hispanic, black officer, there is no outrage. And I know because of history and all that. So I just but try. It, ha- it doesn't I, happen anywhere near as much, though, Jared. Like, we're 14% of the population. Right. Y'all are well more than y'all are three times that. So the, the, the frequency that it happens is very rare. But then what about people, Jared? What about white guys that, that, that go in church and kill everybody in the church and get handcuffed and walked off to jail? And yeah. they do what everything. About that situation? No. Uh, yeah, and I, they do everything to make sure that he walks out alive. And uh, we were bet. just talking about yeah, that yesterday. True. How I, that makes zero sense to me. Yeah, and zero, I, Katie. Zero. I no, and I agree with that. I mean, and that's a sick thing, and that's another thing too. I think white, for whatever reason, mass murders for the most part are white. Serial killers for the most part are white, and we're like, don't lump us in with them. But then why is that? And there, and I think we need to find out why. Where, where's the breakdown there? And where we do find that happening more and more, and why is it happening predominantly with white people? Um, do you guys have any more questions for us? Um, no, not really, man. I think it's been a, 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 a beneficial conversation. Drunk is Roxy. Do you all have anything else? I don't. Oh. No, I don't have any more questions. He fell asleep on the couch, didn't he? No, probably. No, he's not sleeping. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's real, kidding. real mellow right no, now. No, he, he was bragging his about his couch. <laughs> so I didn't want to. I did want to say this historic time outside of what we're doing historic time that we're seeing in this country where there's protesting more than there's ever been more my understanding than even after martin luther king was assassinated as far as how widespread it is most of it is peaceful protesting everyone i know including you guys agree george floyd was murdered Mm -hmm. and we all saw it and it's disgusting Everyone is on board as far as they want something to change so that people don't have to live in fear, fear that's rational or even fear that may come from uh, some people might have irrational fears of just never going out again because they're so concerned. But we don't want anyone to live in America and be scared. I think we can all agree on that. I do want to say we respect you guys. We expect three live crew. We do this for a living. We know what it's like to get up at 345 or four in the morning. Uh, to come in here to put our emotions, um, to put our thoughts, our feelings out for public consumption and sometimes have listeners say horrible things to mm-hmm. us. or And then lots of times our listeners, for the most part, are, are tremendous. But So we respect you. We view you as a brotherhood, a sisterhood with us as far as being morning show people, but more importantly as human beings. And we're mm-hmm. so grateful for this time. We love you guys. I would love for you to get together to have lunch 
sometime soon. You guys can pay. Legit. You're a much bigger company. <laughs> Absolutely um, not. Absolutely not. <laughs> and also, where do I come when I become a part of your show since you all have so graciously offered? I'll be there yeah, starting yeah. Monday morning. Not a problem. We'll get Roxy to train you. She'll send you okay, to the road. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. clearly, Roxy is appreciated <laughs> on her station and treated like the queen that she is. What, what Katie meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. This was In all seriousness, I would like to say, um, Jared, well, first of all, as far as Roxy's position, um, when we first started this show, everything that we do for the most part, at least we try to, we funnel it through Roxy. Like we're smart enough to understand that our demo that listens to us are 18 to 24 year old um, black females. And Roxy has a her finger on the pulse of that demographic. So if it's something that we want to talk about, um, you know, we try to gauge it through Roxy. Even when I'm doing sports, like if I don't have Roxy's attention, then nine times out of 10, my audience isn't entertained by that either. So if I, so that's that's usually our gauge, Katie. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be respected like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. again, come on over here to 102 Jam. So, no, no, you've already sold it. <laughs> yeah. Her name is on the show. My name so. is on the that, show. That means you get two checks, Katie. That means you get two checks. <laughs> Do the math, sis. Do the math. I'm trying. No, but like Jared, I appreciate you for reaching out, man. I'm not gonna front, man. Like um I will speak for myself. I won't speak for everybody on the show, but I was nervous mm-hmm. um going into this. Me too. I, again, I didn't know where the conversation was gonna go, but I'm 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 just confident, man, that we have to have these uncomfortable conversations so that we can move forward. So you all can see that what we view as disrespect and we can see what you all view as disrespect and we can see your fears and it has to be vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that there are listeners listening on your station on 107.5 and listening here at 102 Jams and we're not going to be able to change their minds. But the reality is we have to reach the children, our Mm -hmm. children. When you ask what to tell your children, you have to instill those values in them because it's easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men and a lot of us are broken a lot of mentals are broken and we just have to start there yes rock i do want to ask you ask if we had anything else i do um d- did you guys gain anything from this conversation do you feel more enlightened do you yes. feel well one you're trying to take katie that's <laughs> disturbing yeah we yes i feel i I think anytime you can have a conversation, whether there are the uncomfortable moments, there are the, it's the tension. I was nervous coming in thinking I want to be as prepared as I can, but I also mm-hmm. want to be yeah. as real as I can and vulnerable mm-hmm. as I can and honest and yeah. honest. And mm-hmm. I wanted the same from you. Yes, we got all of that and more. I feel I feel on top of the world knowing that we're all in it together, that if we Mm -hmm. keep doing this, if we keep having these conversations and we keep being put in our place or or having our, you know, maybe that's the wrong way to say that, but not put in our place. But if we just continue to keep the lines of communication open and raise our children to be better, I think that we can do anything. I feel great about our conversation. And I love tough conversations because that's when people are honest. Sometimes in the PC culture, there's a people will say the PC culture has made liars out of everyone because we're so scared, like you said, coding around white Mm -hmm. people or, ooh, I don't want to say this because even though it might be a fact or true, I don't want the blowback. Mm -hmm. I felt nothing but genuine, straightforward answers from... Uh, UB dot from Roxy from Drankins, um, mm-hmm. and I felt that you guys were respectful um, enough to let us say things. And then if you didn't like it, you push back, but is in a respectful, strong way. And we need more of that in this country, in this world. And uh, 
to me, there's still a heaviness because nothing is solved uh, 100%. It won't be. But I feel lighter today than I did yesterday ever after having this conversation with you guys. And thank you. Yeah, I agree. Well, I appreciate you. y'all. Thank Absolutely. You. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate y'all. For real. Great stuff today, man. Again, we do want to do lunch today. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we're, we're hungry for real. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.